Well, good morning, family, and I hope you're doing well. And uh, happy Sunday to you. Happy summer Sunday, second summer Sunday uh, in this month, the second Monday, Sunday. And it's so happy. I'm so happy to have everybody on this morning. So good morning from everywhere. And we're still shouting out, of course, our, uh, our graduates. I saw that uh, Stephanie had a granddaughter, which is my cousin, um, my little cousin, graduating yesterday in Charlotte. So I, I saw pictures, Lois sent me pictures. And so congratulations, cousin. And uh, hey to everybody all over everywhere. I hope you're doing well. We are, um, I'm excited about today's talk and I'm looking forward to that. Listen, if you haven't had a chance to like and share, I'm asking that you do that, that you get uh, get us into your network by clicking that share button and putting us on your page and letting people know that we are here and that we have a word from the Lord. Listen, um, the more you share, the more it blesses people. I did a little... Uh, I did a live actually, and I took a clip and put it out on a reel some weeks back and about 8,000 people have hit that thing and commented on it. And, um, I just want you all to share and let people know what God is saying here in our local assembly. I believe that the Lord has a, uh, word, uh, for you. Hey y'all, that's my niece. Uh, Michelle Southpaw is her name on uh, Facebook. That's my niece. Good morning, Bridget. Good to see you. Um, so listen, if you haven't had a chance to give, uh, our giving information is right here on the screen. And because you give the way you do, we're able to continue to do uh, ministry at this level. And um, I'm just grateful for the Lord's grace, but I'm also thankful for your heart in being obedient to God as it relates to generosity and sowing and giving and tithing. I talked to you uh, several months ago, earlier this year, I think it was when we did the, um, the series about um, unlocking more. It, it is in this series, in the portion I talked about it recently, that God has been faithful even when uh, everything is going up. God has been faithful. And, um, you know, we're still able to do the stuff that we need to do. Everybody ain't doing what they want to do these days, but we're doing what we need to do because God told us that there will be bread and to spare in Joseph's house in the time of famine. And I want you to stay focused on that, that you stay diligent in um, making sure that you are giving and tithing and sowing and being generous because that's where our blessings come from. Remember, we are not striving to live in provision provision is one thing but blessing is another okay uh, provision happens because we exist okay but blessing happens when we are obedient to the word of god and that he unlocks a uh, favorable living over our lives listen i know that things are high and going crazy prayer uh, uh gas prices going crazy i filled up my car uh friday night and what used to take me 47 dollars to fill up took me 80 like 79.90 and something 80 dollars to fill up i stood at that pump i was watching the game at the same time friday night but when i saw that i was like jesus come back soon would you come on back 
but the Lord has been faithful and he will continue to be. So I want to encourage you to sow and to give. We have so much work to do. Jesus says that when we hear of wars and rumors of wars, these things must be, he said, but the end is not yet. We have more work to do, more things to get done. And so I'm asking everybody to stay focused on your giving. I'm asking you to maybe increase your giving by 1% in this season. And let's watch what the Lord does in the community of believers as he is continuing to bless and pay out and, and open the windows of heaven and pour out um, even in, these, in this time and in these seasons. So if you haven't given, the information is there. You can give in several different ways. And you can also set up reoccurring giving. Because God honors faithfulness. He does. He does indeed. So um, I think let me uh, give you one other real quick for my brothers, my men. I'm calling you Christ-centered men. So Christ-centered men, I'd love to hang out with you. We have uh, something set up where uh, our men 18 and older can get together, come and bowl with me, come hang out a couple of hours. And that's Friday, July, I'm sorry, Friday, June 24th from 8 to 10. So I want you to meet me. They're going to send out the information. And so I think, I think the ladies are sponsoring on behalf of Father's Day. Uh, look how y'all looking. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So the ladies are sponsoring <laughs> um, some men to come and bowl and hang out. So I'm looking forward to that. So bros, come hang out with me. All right. I'm not sure if, yeah, all the information is coming to you, but it's happening. So put it on your calendar, the 24th, uh, Friday the 24th from 8 to 10. All right. I look forward, look forward to that. Okay, family. Let's jump into the word this morning. Are y'all ready? If you ready, somebody give me some hearts in the chat. I'm looking. Give me some hearts in the chat. And that way I know we are ready. Let me see. Let me see who's ready. Oh, okay. I see Hope ready and Tony's ready. I see that Bridget's ready. Yep. Let's go. Karen's ready. Yep. I know I know my family. I see Tracy's ready. Yep. <laughs> Lisa's ready. Hope say we ready. I know my family is ready on uh YouTube, our YouTube uh platform over there. Good morning, YouTube. Well, if you will open your Bibles to Tywo says she's ready. Chris ready. What up, Chris? Open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. Uh, lady P says she's ready. Good morning, lady. Yeah. Hey, everybody, if y'all don't mind, would y'all uh, give a shout out to my Consuela's ready, to my bonus children. I have... I have the Lord has blessed me with five bonus children and actually all five of them in the house today. But the, the, the three newest uh, came for the summer. And so I'm shouting out um, I'm shouting out London, who just turned 13 this week. And I'm shouting out um, Lil D, that's Dwayne 
and a shout out for uh, Milan. So good morning, guys. They are watching the stream this morning. All right, let's roll. Second Kings chapter five. And I am so ready for this one. So listen, I'm going to read this morning uh, about 19 verses, but it's a story here. So, you know, for those of you that have been walking with me for a minute, um, I like to read it as, as much of it as I can so you can get the full picture so we can all be on the same page. I do not want to take for granted that everybody has heard this story. And so um, as a result, let's let's jump in at. Second Kings chapter five, and I'm going to start reading at uh, verse one. A pretty popular story, but there's a lot to it. Let's go. And the word reads like this. Now, Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria, was great and honorable, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in um, who is in Samaria. And uh, for he would heal him of his leprosy and Naaman went in and told his master saying thus and thus said the girl who was from the land of Israel then the king of Syria said go I will send a letter to the king of Israel the king of Syria said go and I will send a letter to the king of Israel um, so he departed then took with him 10,000 or 10 talents of silver 6,000 shekels of gold 10 changes of clothing then he brought a letter, brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman, my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal his leprosy? Therefore, please consider to see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. I don't know why I love that line so much. That line is just amazing. He says, please let him come to me and he shall know that there's a prophet in Israel. I just love the confidence in God right there. Uh, then Naaman with his horses and chariots and stood, then Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger uh, to him saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and heal my leprosy. Are not the Abana 
and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? <laughs> Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went his way in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. He was clean. That means he had good skin. His skin was nice. Not only was he healed, he was healed without scar or without blemish. That is so, I love it. And so he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him. And he said, indeed, now I know there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. But he said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. So Naaman says, okay, then, if not, please let me be given two mule loads of earth for your servant will no longer offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice to other gods but to the Lord. Yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes to the temple of Remnon to worship there, and he leans on my arm or my hand, and I bow down in the temple of Remnon, when I bow down in the temple of Remnon, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. Then he said to him, go in peace. So he departed from him a short distance so far our scripture reading for this morning listen as we go further in the series entitled kingdom loading i want to talk to you from this thought this morning the kingdom connector the kingdom connector let's pray let's pray together this morning father in jesus name i thank you now that you have given us You've given us everything we need as it pertains to life and godliness. I thank you, Lord, that your favor has been resting upon us. I thank you, Lord, that you have been making our ways plain, that you have been going before us. And so, Lord, I ask today, as we spend this time in your word, that you speak to us, that you give us the pictures, that you stamp on our heart that which you have us know and do. And Lord, we declare that we will hear you and that we will flesh it out that you may get the glory. So Lord, I pray that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. Amen. All right, let's go. The kingdom connector so we're moving forward y'all and i told you last week that i didn't feel the holy spirit lifting up off of me uh from for this series um, i almost feel impressing a little bit harder with this series because um the harvest there's a harvest coming and we need to be out in the fields working right now that's where we are so my job is to make sure you're ready 
for the work. My job is to make sure that your mind is focused, okay? As your pastor, uh, I equip you with what you need to help you through your assignments, through hard seasons. Uh, speaking of which, we're praying, of course, for Tammy this morning. She buried Mom Bev yesterday, and her family buried Mom Bev yesterday. And so we're still praying for you, Tammy. I want you to know that we love you. And so as I do my job, I have to make sure that you have what you need to do your job, okay? And I am reminding you that we're in a harvest season. I told you last week that the hearts of people are recognizing their own deficit. And all we have to do is be present. Are you hearing me? All we got to do is be present to see that moment. Like I said to you last week, you got to tell your story. You don't have to stand up and preach a sermon. You don't have to say, well, let me do it to see if I can do it like pastor. No, tell your story with your walk, with your encounter with God. Okay, so as as we see these things unfolding in the world, the hearts of people are be, are, be, are growing, are weary and becoming heavy. And we got to remember that we are ambassadors of Christ. Okay, we are the representative of the kingdom of God. Wherever you roll in your sphere of influence, in your world, in your space, you are a representative of God and you have a kingdom assignment. So I want you to put in the chat. I have a kingdom assignment. Yep. Put that in the chat for me. I have a kingdom assignment. I'm going to wait for you. Because I need everybody to know it. If we were together, I would just have you to say it. I have a kingdom assignment. Yeah, you're not just living for your own thing. You know, that's over. When you gave your life to Jesus, you said, Lord, I'm yours. Okay? And so you have a kingdom assignment. It's important that while you're typing this, that you hear me say this. Kingdom assignments are not relegated to big stages, big congregations, lights, camera, action. And I think that's some of the problem that we have in the church is that people have become so famous and celebritized. People as in, you know, pastors and uh, evangelists and those who are on big stages that those of us who don't necessarily operate in that particular office, feel like that the work of the kingdom or kingdom assignments are just theirs. It, it used to be that the big collars and the purple shirts and the chains, the stuff that we wear, the big rings with the purple diamonds and all of the purple stones and all of that. It, it's like these are the people who have the kingdom assignment. And I am here to tell you that that's a lie from the pit of hell. If you feel like Pastor Tim is the only one in Christ Center Nation that has the assignment, you wrong and the devil is a lie. And if you tell anybody that, you a lie. Okay? If you feel like the big bishops and all the, you know, big potentates and the, the big follows and all the clicks and likes and the public figures, listen, you, wherever you are, whatever stage of life you're in, 
You have a kingdom assignment. I'm lingering here for a minute because I need this to rest in you. I need this to settle in you. That when you go to sleep, you understand it. That when you wake up in the morning, that you understand it. That when you're sitting at the first stoplight after you leave the house on your way to work, that you understand it. That when you log in and put in your, your credentials to get in work, that you understand that you have a kingdom assignment. It's not for big stages. Not only for big stages. God uses people where he uses people. But it's important that you understand the text shows us today that everybody got a kingdom assignment and God is leveraging where you are. Listen, for his good. I know all things work together for my good, for your good or for the good of those who are called according. But I don't want you to forget that God also works things for his good because he has a plan. Are y'all with me this morning? All right. So when we study, I'm transitioning here. I want you to hear this. When we study the word of God, we get a glimpse of the heart of God. We get a glimpse of the mind of God. And we get a glimpse of the ways of God. I want to say that to you because as you study your text, as you read the word, I want you to have that in your head that we get a glimpse of the heart of God, the mind of God and the ways of God as we study the word. OK, and so this particular text today that we read has shown us or shows us that God is always at work. God is always at work. So I want you to really look at this. And, and I'm not going to uncover every nuance in this text, but there's just some things I want you to see as it relates to uh, kingdom loading and my assignment with you today. Now, the story of Naaman has become one of my favorites, but I'm really fascinated at how the Bible introduces Naaman to us. I'm fascinated by this. Because when, when you read what it says, it says, now, um, Naaman, a commander of the army of the king of Syria. Stop. Syria was the enemy of Israel. Okay. Syria was the enemy of God. Okay. They had false gods. One of their gods was the god Remnon. Okay, but the text introduces us and tells us that Naaman was an enemy, <laughs> but he was a good man. That in his king's eyes, he was noble. He was a good dude. The text goes on to say that I think this is this is something that the king loved him so much because it says by him, him Naaman. By Naaman, look at what it says in the text. The Lord had given victory to Syria. Wait a minute. What? So now we find out that Syria has defeated Israel. But Israel has defeated 
uh, Syria has defeated Israel because the Lord, that's capital L, Elder, uh, 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 Adonai, has given victory to Naaman. Wait a minute. That don't make sense to me. What this shows us is that God, you always hear, you hear me talk about this, that God is always working behind the scenes in the lives of people. But what's amazing to me is that the, the, what this says to me is that God has a plan for Naaman, even though Naaman is not a worshiper of the true and living God. Y'all ready? The text lays out his status. The text lays out community views. It, it lays out the fact that the hand of God was on him. But the text also says he's a man of man of valor, yet he was a leper, which also speaks to the fact with all of these trophies, he has some stuff that he that wasn't good in his flesh. He has some stuff that uh, was he had to keep covered up because it did not it did not look pretty. It, it was eczema at its worst. It wasn't the kind of leprosy where limbs fall off. It wasn't that leprosy. There, there was that leprosy in that day. But the leprosy he had was more like a bad case of eczema, flaky skin, scratching and, and and the Bible gives it all to us. The Bible says that he was a good dude, that the community loved him. He did his job right, that the hand of God was on him. Yet he had an issue in his flesh. Man, that ain't even what I'm preaching about. But what, what's amazing to me is that the Bible can tell me all of that. Who am I to judge when somebody has their issues and challenges and imperfections because what we find out in this text that even with the the issue in his flesh even though he didn't worship god and he worked for the enemy that god had his hand on naaman are y'all hearing what i'm saying so we gotta be careful <laughs> we gotta be careful that we're not looking at people with the side eye because they don't look like us because they don't worship like us. Why? Because although he didn't worship who we worship, God had his hand on him. Watch. But here's the other thing I see in the text that God used the issue in his flesh to draw him closer. <laughs> look, come on. We got to stop. We got to stop looking at people with this down nose position because they don't look like us, worship like us. Listen, because they don't share the same lifestyle that we share. Look how y'all looking. It's not that we, you know, we don't promote just because it's gay month. We ain't out there saying, yay, gay month. But at the same time, we're not bashing nobody because that's the life they live because we don't know what God is doing. I want to make sure that you hear what I'm saying to you, that you don't know what God is doing because God took took the thing in Naaman that he didn't want anybody to see. God took the thing that irritated him the most. He used that thing to draw him. Come here. 
<laughs> I know you're celebrated in your community. I know I'm going to give you the victory because I need to get your attention and I'm going to get your attention. I'm going to give you favor. Give favor in your community and all of that. But I'm going to allow this thing to draw you to me. Y'all, come on. I ain't got time to talk to you, but I do want to encourage you really quick by, by I'm just going to run through here real quick. This is a quick rabbit. Let me encourage you. Just because the family member got an issue doesn't mean God ain't drawing. Come on. Just because Uncle Rufus got this deal with the stuff that he deal with, that doesn't mean God ain't saying, come here. Because God knows how to take what we try to cover to draw us to himself. And that's why I'm saying to you, that you cannot judge people based on where they are because God is always working behind the scenes. Are y'all hearing me? And God knows how to take people. And the people that you meet them, when you meet them, they may, may be on their way to the moment where their lives collide with God's purpose. And there is a big destiny explosion as a result. This is what happens in the text. But what I also find out as as we see that God is always behind the scenes working with people and drawing people. I want you to also see that God is also as it relates to the believer. God is always looking for moments to use us in his plan. Yeah, let's look at that because, see, yeah, the challenge that I have with believers is that we want to wait until life is perfect. Then, then we want to start saying, yeah, I'm a witness for God or I'm going to share my story or somebody invited me to their church and I'm going to share my testimony. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I am looking for moments in your life in every day. For you to be my ambassador. Don't just be in my be my ambassador when you got a big audience, when you get in the award, you know, nobody, you know, when you go to the Grammys, none of them songs talk about Jesus. They talk about cussing and drugs and who we hitting and dropping it like it's hot and twerking and we're going to back it up and all of that. But then when we get on the stage, then we're like, the Lord, I want to thank Jesus. God is like, listen, I need your everyday life. I need that microphone, your everyday life microphone. I need the microphone where you wake up beside your unbelieving spouse and y'all had an argument the night before and you wake up and say, good morning. I love you. Would you please forgive me? I shouldn't have said that. I just want to say I'm sorry for my part of the argument. Look how y'all looking. Look how y'all look. He says, I, I want that microphone in your life. Selah. What we find in the text is there are some unusual characters. And I'm almost finished. Look, so the story names out main characters, right? Main characters like the king of Syria. He's the main character, even though we don't know his name. Main character. We see uh, the king of Israel is in the text. We don't know his name. Main character, though, because of their positions. We got Naaman. Okay. 
the Lord is in the text because the Lord is setting Naaman up for this little level of popularity here. He gave him, he gave him the victory over Israel, he gave Syria the victory over Israel. We see Elisha because Elisha is the conduit, as we see, he is the, the obvious conduit through which God operates and brings about this miracle. Now, I, for those of you that have heard this text, this text is popular because it is a it is a healing narrative. OK, this is how healing narratives work. There is a story, you know, plot line. There is an issue, a disease, and there is a direction given that brings about a healing. OK, it is a healing narrative. However, there are some kingdom connectors in the text that are nameless. And we got to look at that because as I as I this text was brought back to my attention, I, I preached it years ago. And when I heard it recently on Facebook or on uh, YouTube, I was like, man, that's a good text. I'm going to preach that again. And the Holy Ghost said, yeah, but you can't preach it the same way because what I need the people to see is that I want to use them where they are as the kingdom connectors. See, we don't mind telling the Lord that I'll be a conduit for blessing. Because that says that if you bless me, then I'll bless other people. But we good, right? It's a win-win. I get blessed and I'm going to bless you. He says, yeah, don't just be conduit. I want you to be connectors, but I want you to be a connector no matter where life takes you. Are you ready? Let's deal with it. There's some behind the scenes stuff that I want you to see. There is the slave girl. Uh-huh. Verse two and three says that the Syrians had gone out on raids and they brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her, mis her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Here we go. Now we see the first kingdom connector. This woman has no name. None of the kingdom connectors have a name. But not only is she nameless, she's not only nameless, but she's living in a traumatic situation. Are y'all hearing me? Because now she has been kidnapped from her people and she is now a slave in Syria. Okay. But I will tell you, I will say this to you, that even though she's in a bad situation, she's in the best possible position in a bad situation because she is the slave of Naaman, who's a good guy, man of valor. See, that's why every situation we're in, we keep saying it's the worst situation. I can't believe this. I'm just I can't believe I lost my job in a season like this. And God says, if you're going to be in a bad situation, you're in the best position to be in a bad situation because you're in a bad situation in my hand. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You're, you're still in my hand because my hand is on Naaman. And I allowed Naaman to go in. I gave Naaman the victory. 
And I love you enough, enough little na a nameless girl, to let you be kidnapped by the guy that I got my hand on. Y'all, are y'all seeing what I'm saying? Because every situation ain't a situation to bring you down. Some situations, God uses you to bring somebody else up. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? And so this little girl who's kidnapped away from her people, away from her land, listen, living with serving people who do, who do not serve her God, and here she is. Because, listen, here's what I want you to see. Kingdom assignments don't always look like promotions. Oh, see, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We as church leaders have, have been teaching so much on this self-help. We have been teaching so much on God's going to do this for you and you're going to be living like a boss and you walk in and you name it and claim it and you're going to put your foot on it. You're going to declare it and everything is going to change because you walk in it. Can I tell you that ain't the truth? That's a partial truth. It might. But it might not. Because kingdom assignments are not always in glitz and glamour. A kingdom assignment don't always come with six figures. Sorry, sorry. I'm being very countercultural right now because the culture with preachers is I want to teach you how to be happy. Happy life. Let's live the happy life. I'm living a blessed life. I'm coming up. You know, all the songs that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look how y'all look at. I know. But the text teaches us that that's not. And the problem is we believe it. And so then when problems and challenges comes our way, we live with our head down into our problems and we miss the opportunity. Come on to be the kingdom connector. I know this ain't, I know, I know this ain't, this ain't popular teaching, but I ain't come to be popular. I can't be popular. Listen, here's the thing. I said to the Lord the other day, I said, you know, you do know people ain't going to join our church with the stuff that I'm teaching, right? I did say that to the Lord the other day. I said, you do know that, right? Because it ain't, it ain't, let me build you up. Let me give you a platform. Let me make you a superstar. God said, yeah, but I need you to fish for souls. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I'll do that. So not every kingdom assignment is a promotion. Well, who's the greatest example of that? Jesus. See, I don't care how we slice Christian living and try to teach Christian living that the more you quote the Bible, the more your business is going to grow, the more you're going to sell property, the more you're going to have bitcoins. I don't care how you slice it. That's some of it, but that's not all of it. But you can't change the fact that the story of Jesus Christ is the story of Jesus Christ. Here's what Paul says in Philippians 2 and 5. He says, here's in the message, I love it. He says, think of yourselves the way Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but did not think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of his status, no matter what, not at all. When the time came, he set aside his privileges of deity and took on the status, the status of a slave 
and became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He did not claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that crucifixion. So listen, the promotion of Christ <laughs> to Savior, kingdom assignment, was a step down to being human so it could happen. Look how y'all looking. Because in order to be a kingdom connector, which Jesus was, he was the biggest kingdom connector. He understood assignment and he understood that my assignment is going to have to let me leave heaven. Sitting at the right hand of the father. Put on a human suit. With feelings and emotions. Look how come on. Step down into a sinful world that I know will reject me. But there are a few that I can get connected to the kingdom. Why? Because kingdom assignments don't always look like promotions. Mm-hmm. And this girl who was the slave to Naaman didn't let her uncomfortable situation keep her from being a kingdom ambassador y'all are y'all with me yeah yeah this girl wasn't in the sweet spot of life she wasn't in the sweet spot of life what was amazing to me was in hearing the situation with Naaman even in her hard position even in not living in the sweet spot in life she still stood up for her God and said hey what I do know even though I'm living in y'all's house in y'all's country and having to see y'all worship y'all God. What I know is if Master Naaman would hook up with the prophet in Samaria, he'd be healed. How, how you know this, girl? Because I, I got a God. Our God heals people. And listen, she was not so down in her hard space of life that she gave up her ability to witness. Are you hearing me? And that's the thing about us. When we go through hard, it's like, it's just not a good time for me. I'm in a hard season in life. It's not a good time for me to minister to people. I don't want to tell nobody about what God is doing or has done. I don't want to minister. I don't want to pray for nobody because, you know, it's just hard for me. And I got to deal with me. And God is saying, who you serving? That's because see, when we operate, oh, God, I said I wouldn't go down this road today. When we operate like that. That's because we're on our own assignment, because the thing I know about God is that when God puts us on assignments and we say yes, he gives us the energy, the stamina. He gives us what we need to be able to still witness to people while at the same time living with the challenge of our own. I know I got that right. See, that's his assignment, because, see, when we make our own assignments. We make our own assignments that says we will execute this assignment when everything goes well for us. I'm happy. So I can tell you God is good. Here's this girl telling her, her, her master, God can heal you 
for whatever reason, he ain't delivered me out of your hands yet. But what I do know about him is that he can heal you. And I ain't going to let the fact that I'm handcuffed in your house, being your slave. I'm not going to let that rob my God of what I know he can do. So I got to give him glory. I got to give him a shout out. Come on. That's how the Hebrew boys were. The Hebrew boy says, it's okay, God, even if you don't show up. But what I do know about you is that even in the fire, you can roll up in here and if you don't, it's because you chose not to, but it's all good. Look how y'all do it. Look how y'all looking at me. And when you, and, and God says, yep, see, I, I like that kind of stuff. So I tell you what, I'm not going to take y'all out of here, Hebrew boys, but I will get up in there with you. <laughs> and that same fire that was designed to kill you is going to be the fire that I will design. I'll change the nature of that fire to deliver you because they went in hands bound, feet bound in the fire. But when the king walked in there, looked in there, he said, hey, I see we put in three, but I see four and they're walking around. How was you walking around? Because God changed the nature of fire and what should have killed you became your deliverer. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. And God says, I want to use you as a kingdom connector. And she says, I want to connect my God to who is now my my master so he can get healed. Y'all with me today? This woman who is a kidnapped slave has no name, but she's pointing people to God. Look how y'all looking. Look how y'all looking. You living more free now than you ever have. Good job, living nice, but you ain't telling nobody about the power of God. Come on, come on. And when days get heavy, you don't want to get up and get out. You don't want to say nothing about God because it just seems like he ain't hearing you. Yeah, but you have an assignment to be a connector. I got to keep it moving. I got to keep it moving. Y'all ready? Okay. This girl... Here's what I want you to see. What she operated in, because we've been talking about, we've been talking about kingdom loading, and I just want to remind you that I've not forgotten our under the undercurrent of this series is understanding the gifts of the spirit, so we can have what we need to have to operate where we need to operate. So this girl operates in a word of wisdom. Are you with me? Okay, the word of wisdom is giving is is a unveiling of the supernatural wisdom of God that comes from the mind of God understanding understanding things in heaven and in earth okay that's the word of wisdom this woman so that's why I'm telling you you don't have to have a cross and a chain on you don't have to have on a St. John suit to be able to prophesy to people you don't have to have red bottom shoes ladies come on yeah okay you don't have to wear Versace in order to prophesy this girl was a prisoner and she was operating in the gifts of the spirit called a word of knowledge. So she says to Naaman and them or Naaman's wife, hey, if my master, if your husband will hook up with the prophet, he will be healed. Word of knowledge. It's a word of knowledge that the God in heaven has the power to heal. And there is a connection on earth that if he go and hook up with the prophet, who operates in the gift of healing. So she had a word of knowledge. That's why I'm telling you, you don't have to have lights, camera, action to operate in things of God.
So Naaman, who normally gives orders, is now taking orders from a hostage. <laughs> I ain't got time to mess with it. So the text says that he runs back to the king and says to the king, hey, here's this girl. This girl said that uh, I could go hook up with the prophet that could probably be uh, healed when I get over there in Israel. So the king was like, dude, go ahead. <laughs> go, go ahead. No problem. I'll send a letter. And I'll send a letter that says, uh, here's what the letter says. The letter says, I'm sending, well, I read the letter to you. So when the king of Israel got the letter, the king of Israel uh, got upset because he thought it was a trick. Because he's like, wait, you want me to heal this guy? I can't heal. Surely there's got to be a trick because when I send the letter back that says I can't heal him, then you're going to bring the army out to fight us again. And so he's upset. He's tearing his clothes. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't do this. Oh my God, I can't do this. Well, the word gets to uh, Elisha that the king is lamenting. And then Elisha sends word to the king, says, hey, send him down here. Send him down here to my house and he'll know that there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman and everybody comes out to uh, Elijah's house and Elijah does not come out. But he sends a messenger and this messenger is connector number two. The first connector in the text, the kingdom connector is the slave girl. The second kingdom connector in the text is Elijah's servant. He does not have a name. But he was trusted enough to carry the life-changing message of healing, listen, to a commander. The prophet trusted him enough not to add his own language. He has no name, but he's trusted to get Naaman closer to the God who has his hand on him. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? Listen, listen, I know you don't have a name and I know you may not be popular and you may not be fit. You may not be trending and all of this. But the question is, can God trust you? to carry the life-changing message. Can you give it to people without adding your own junk to it? Connector, yeah, connector. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in in, uh, in um, second, in uh, First Chronicles chapter 12, when he lays out Paul is laying out the gifts of the spirit there. Some of the gifts, one of the lists has to do with exhortation and preaching. Okay. Or teaching. Here's what this is. So now we find Elisha's servant is going in, carrying the message, operating in the gift of the spirit. Okay. He is trusted enough to say what has been said. No name on this guy is one of Elijah's prophets because there's another uh, pro uh, another servant later on in the text 
who is the contrast to this guy. I don't even want to get over to it, but it's another, Elisha has another one named Jehazi who runs after Naaman and tells Naaman, yeah, go and give me all the gifts that you was going to give so-and-so, that you was going to give Elisha, give me all the gifts. But there's a contrast because that one had the wrong motive. But this one that does not have a name was able to be kept to carry that message and be trusted with the message. So he says to him, go down there and wash in the pool. Connector number two carries the message that has been given. It's pure. No motive. Unlike if you keep reading down in the text, I didn't read it today, but you read it. The next one, Gehazi runs and says, hey man, you ought to get the, you know, I know prophet said he didn't want the thing, but I think you should get a love offering here. And he took it and hid it and told Elisha that everything was straight. You, you good? Elisha said, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Everything's straight. Elijah said, you lying. You lying. You, you greedy. The intents of your heart are not pure. And as my servant, you don't think I saw it. Y'all read the text. You don't think I wasn't there when you just took that money from that man. I know I was in the house, but you don't think my spirit was there. I know what happened. If I'm the prophet that can release healing for Naaman, you ought to believe that I was standing right beside you. My spirit was standing there when you just tricked that dude out of that money. And he said, Elisha said to him, the leprosy that was on him is on you and your family. Because he was a servant of Elijah with the wrong motive. But there was another servant in the house that didn't even get named in the text. And he brought the message of healing. Listen, what I'm telling you is that if you will yield to God as a connector, whether your name is famous or not, God will not forget and he wants to be able to trust you to share the message. Can I keep it moving? So, uh, Naaman, <laughs> the Lord doesn't play fair. That's funny, Jeremy. Naaman uh, gets the message. And Naaman is mad. Now, I don't even want to talk about it all. I don't even want to talk about all of that. Um, uh, but Naaman's mad because Naaman thought that surely, and he says in the text, I thought surely, this dude would have come out of his house, called on his God, you know, thunder, lightning, lights, camera, action, waved his hand over me and told me to, uh, you know, go to a nicer place. Since I, if I was going to have to wash, surely there was other lakes and rivers and water bodies of water that I could have that would have been clean. But first of all, this dude didn't even come out. I'm, I'm halfway offended. I mean, after all, I am a man of valor. I am a commander in the army. After all, I got the letter of my king and I love Elijah because Elisha ain't worried about being seen. He's a worry about he's worried about the end result being manifested. And he says to his servant. It don't matter who give him the message, as long as the message comes from God and as long as he obeys it. He'll go on out there and tell. Him. So listen, he gets mad and he doesn't want to do it. Enter the third kingdom connectors in the text. These are the servants of Naaman. 
and they operate in the gift of the spirit that we call exhortation. They come up to him and they say, hey, father, surely if he had told you to do something great, wouldn't you have done it? Well, how much more should you be doing it? Because it ain't something that looks so great and wonderful. I know it looks dirty. I know it seems like you, but, but we're coming here for an end result. Let's not come all the way down here, bring all this money and all this new wardrobe, and we not get this done. Maybe you should receive it. Y'all, I want to tell you again, here are nameless connectors. And all three connectors, the slave girl, Elijah's servant, and now Naaman's Servants all push Naaman toward a life changing moment. They all operate in the gift of the spirit. Are you hearing me? You and me, we're supposed to be kingdom connectors. The problem is in this kingdom that's called the church. And I'm going to go on to say it. The kingdom of the church doesn't always align with the kingdom of God. Look how you looking. Yeah. Yeah, the kingdom of the church ain't always the kingdom of God. Because mm -mm. what I see here is that as long as one soul gets saved, one life is changed, no names have to be given. Let that try to go down in the kingdom of the church. See, letters flying. They didn't honor me. My name is Bishop this, and I didn't get honored. Yeah, that part. <coughs> Don't forget somebody's name. Don't leave it off. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, here's the end result, and I'm done right here. End result is this. Naaman received the message from all three connectors. And as a result, something happened. Now, I know the story is famous because Naaman dipped seven times. And, you know, preachers will just go in on this. And seven times is uh, seven is the number of um, what is it? Is the number of what's the number of seven? Oh, uh, perfection. No, completion. Seven is the number of completion because God, you know, on the seventh day he rested. He was complete. He was done working. So so, you know, preachers have been preaching this for years and they hoop. And uh, yes, Naaman dipped down one time. Yeah. But to me, again, that's the uh, that's the that was the drawing ticket. The drawing ticket for Naaman was healing. But the final destination for God was a total life change. See, I'm trying to tell y'all we Jesus came to set the captives free. Healing was the way was the added attraction. I want you to be I want you to know God. And the way you get to know God is to know that he can heal you. So come here. And here's what happens. Naaman dips seven times and then the text says he's clean. Like a baby skin clean. I love it. I love it. I love those little lines that the Bible puts in there because it's just not he was healed. Because, you know, eczema, when it dries up on you, can leave dark spots. The text wants you to understand that when God does a thing, God does it holy. 
But the text also wanted you to understand that the man was uncomfortable with going into that water, the Jordan, because it was the dirtiest one. And so he's like, but surely there are better waters around here for me to wash in because God wants you to know I'll send you to dirty water <laughs> and I will make sure you get healed in such a way that there is not even a blemish or a reminder that you ever had it while in dirty water because water was just the symbol. It is my power that does it and my power does it wholly, but it didn't stop at healing. So look, here's the bottom line, yo. Bottom line is this. When Naaman comes up out the water, <laughs> he goes back to Elisha's house, the guy who didn't come out. If you read the text and other uh, translations, you'll find out this time Elisha does come out. But here is what he said. He said, now I know that there is a God in Israel. I love it. He says, what I will not do is worship any other God. Now we find saints while Naaman wanted to be healed, God wanted Naaman to be whole. So Naaman received the word of a slave girl, of a servant, that's marketplace. Listen, the slave girl represents people who are still trying to get delivered themselves while yet working for God. The, 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 the servant of Elijah represents people who, listen, who work even in the kingdom of God and yet get no notoriety. Mm -hmm. The aides or the servants of Naaman, they represent the nine to five marketplace worker who should be on their job being uh, uh, being overcome and overwhelmed by the gifts of the spirit to encourage and exhort. Are you hearing me? And all of these show that the message, listen, the message of healing didn't come to Naaman from Elijah. As the reader, we know that Elijah told the servant. All Naaman knows is that the servant came out and said, go, go wash. Because God says, I don't care whose voice I use, but I need a voice that's going to be yielded and trusted to say what I tell you to say. And what I want you to understand is you are kingdom connectors. That's who you are. I got to go. But I love this story so much because he offers Elisha all this stuff. He says, no, I can't take that. I'm good. Peace. So then Naaman says, well, I tell you what, can you give me some dirt? Because really what he wanted to do, Naaman wanted to take this dirt back to his own house and make sure that he had some holy ground. Are you hearing me? From, from, he wants some holy ground because of where he worked. Y'all, God, I love this. So Naaman says, can you give me some ground? I just need to make sure that every time I worship, I'm going to worship on holy ground. Give me some dirt, two mules worth of dirt. He said, but here's another thing I need you to do for me, Elijah. Would you talk to God on my behalf? Because let me tell you where I work. I work for the king who worships Remnon, who was Baal, okay, for Syria. And 
the king leans on my hand, on my arm. So whenever he bows down to worship Remnon, he stables himself, stabilizes himself on my arm when he's getting down. And then once he gets down there, then I got to get down there too. Would you talk to now our God and ask our God to pardon me and forgive me? Because right now I'm still employed in the land that serves another God. But um, I, I just want you and our God to know that that's just a job. It's not my heart. I love it because God had his hand working behind the scenes on Naaman gave Naaman, listen, success without healing. Y'all ain't got time to play with y'all tonight today. I, I can't. He had success. Naaman had success in his job, but he didn't have healing in his flesh. And God says, I'm going to leave that unhealed, untouched part. I'm going to leave it untouched because that's the thing that's going to draw you to me. So then there's another girl who is my people. And I got to let my people sometimes get into bad situations so they can be my ambassadors in a bad situation. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Listen, man, I'm sick of punk Christians. I'm sick of punk Christians who got to have everyday sunshine in order for them to work for God. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of all the punk Christians who feel like if ain't nobody listening to me, if I ain't got but two members, I might as well shut it down. God says, oh, really? That's real. My pastor said to me, you can't fire yourself from a job you didn't hire yourself to. Yeah. So we got we got this woman who's telling him there is a place. For you to be healed. He goes and the servant says, do such and such. And then the aides say, hey, bro, I know you don't want to do this, but really think about it. Come on. If it was something grand and wonderful, if it had, you know, silk and linen and fine tassels, wouldn't you do it? Yeah, well, okay. Come on. So now Kingdom Connectors, listen, gave this one man of valor, mighty man of valor, a message from God. He received it. And as a result, he was not only healed in his flesh, but he was healed in his soul. What I'm telling y'all is, I said all that to say this one line, the harvest is ripe. It's white. The harvest is white, Jesus says. The laborers are few. Who will go and work for him? Will you be a kingdom connector right where you are in the situation? Are you mad because your job has looked over you and has not promoted you? And I've been doing this same job. I be training the people and they every time I train somebody, they get a promotion, but they overlook me. I, I'm sick of this job. I ain't going in there telling them nothing. I ain't, I'm going to curse them. No, be like the little girl who was a hostage. Yeah, look how you're looking. God wants to use you for his glory. Let me get you out of here. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you now for your favor. I thank you, Lord, that you've been working behind the scenes. Even in the hard moments of our lives, that's still you. Forgive us, Lord, because we have been so selfish and self-focused that even in unfavorable seasons, We've been so depressed and down and we won't share your message. 
We won't even send an encouraging text. We won't even post a scripture because we upset and mad about where you have us. Forgive us. Create within us a clean heart and renew within us a right spirit. Father, use us as kingdom connectors because hearts of people are ready to come to you. So Lord, we pray that you would speak to us. Give us what to say. Show us the moment so we can see it clearly and we'll step into it. And then we say, use us. Tell us, show us, and use us for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus, you get an opportunity to do that. Um, right in the chats on your various uh, platform, there's a number you can text. If you're looking for salvation, you can text New Life to that number and we're ready to receive you and lead you on that road to give your life to Jesus. Yo, God got an assignment for you. You ain't been too far off the, uh, off the beaten path. Yeah, but you just don't know what I've done. He does and he still wants you. He still wants to use you. And I would say to you that he has probably orchestrated the stuff that has been going on in your life so you can get to this point so you can be used by him. Also, if you want to join this church and be a part of Christ Center Church, information is there. You can text, text connect to that number. And I'm ready. I'm so excited about being your pastor. And I just want to thank all of you that come on every Sunday. Thank you for coming in, for listening, for receiving the word of the Lord. It is my honor to pastor you. It's my honor to be connected to you and to serve as your pastor. It's not always easy, but I will tell you it is always an honor to serve you. Thank you. God wants to use you. I love y'all, and I want to dismiss you and say this, that you are ambassadors of Christ. I declare in Jesus' name that uh, when you leave this place, you leave this place to seek and to save that which is lost, that you leave this place with the understanding that you are a kingdom connector. I declare in Jesus' name that you are above and not beneath the head and not the tail. I declare that on your job, favor waits for you. You are not the problem, but the solution to the problem. I declare money comes to you, but not just money, the wisdom to handle the money that comes your way. I declare in Jesus' name that your home is established in peace, that your single life is whole, healthy and satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ, that your married life, whole, healthy, satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I release a special anointing for parenting, both couples and single parents, to give and dispense the wisdom of God and to be used in the hand of God, even to your children, in Jesus' name. Hey, I love y'all. Go in peace, and the God of peace goes with you. See y'all next week. You say you want to really get connected with believers and followers of Christ. Well, it's really simple. Just go to our Christ Center Church Facebook page. Go to the More tab and click Groups. From there, you'll see the Christ Center Nation group and click Join. Finding your tribe has never been so easy when you join Christ Center Nation today. today.